This is Cat's Podcast, episode number 34. Welcome back to my podcast. It's been a while. I Let's say I had a creative pause. Maybe you can relate. Sometimes things don't feel right or as joyful as they should or have. And uh, so I took a step back and put producing new episodes on the back burner for a while. But now I'm back and I'm very happy to bring to you a new Freedom Lifestyle edition. So for those of you who are new here, the Freedom Lifestyle edition or series on my podcast is where I portray people who have a special connection to freedom and who a lot of the time have chosen to live a life that's off the mainstream track. A life that is rather unconventional, that is filled with meaning and that inspires others to live their freedom and purpose too. And the current push for me to do more Freedom Lifestyles editions is actually that I've met a lot of people over the past months who are doubting the job they've done for a long time and who are in that transition phase of going from a permanent job to being self-employed or going from a permanent job into a deliberate in-between space. And I feel that telling these freedom stories here can be such a powerful source of inspiration. So now to today's show, my guest is Marie Warnhofer. She's a hypnotherapist and holistic lifestyle coach living on Bali. And I came across her a little while ago through my Bali connections. So hypno what you might say, hypnotherapy is in short, a healing modality, a form of inner work that helps you let go of anything that keeps you from living a fulfilling, healthy and happy life. Topics addressed can be traumatic experiences, destructive inner beliefs, negative relationship patterns, burnout, anxiety, stress, lack of self-worth and other things. And while hypnotherapy is really quite fascinating, um, you guess it, it wasn't the actual reason for why I wanted to have Marie on. First and foremost, it's her special connection to freedom, the way she perceives freedom that made me stop and reach out. I knew she'd be an amazing guest for this podcast for my Freedom Lifestyle Edition and so here she is. Enjoy this deep talk on freedom, healing and reconnection. I'm very happy to have you here today, Marie. Welcome from the north of Germany to Bali. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kat. So um, let's let's just start with a big question. So What is freedom for you? Let's dive right in. <laughs> um, that's a big question. And I think everybody is answering that question differently. For me, um, it's especially freedom. Freedom actually is to know and to live your true nature. So your true self. And that also contains that you and most of us have to rediscover and reconnect with our true selves um, as we... Yeah, as the true self is a lot of times hidden underneath layers and layers and layers of traumas, conditioning, um, expectations, whatever is around us. 
Mm. Yeah. That's a very beautiful definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that comes comes from from my life experiences and from the way that I was feeling um in my yeah, in in the past basically like having living a life that was not in line with my true self and then um yeah, going to therapy and and doing a lot of inner work over and over and over again over many many years to to yeah to actually discover my true nature and my true self and interestingly that true nature is not very far away from how i remember myself being as a child mm. Mm. that's very ayurveda that's the first thing that comes to my mind <laughs> you know it's it's i find it's one of the well, not the basic statements in Ayurveda, but I think um, when we look at our types in Ayurvedic terms, it, it helps to uh, to look back to our childhood because in our childhood, we were more in our true nature. We were less influenced, less spoiled by society and conditioning and so on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's very true. So, like, I never, I actually never, if, if some of you might know the doshas or not, but there is like a system in Ayurveda that basically um, tells you a little bit about your personality and your constitution, to put it very easily. Or, yeah. And, and um, in line with Ayurveda, I never got them tested, but I'm, I'm quite sure that I had a big pitta and vata um, part or still have it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is more more the the airy part and also the fiery part, and that is also um, who I am today. I, that's why my my practices, um, if it's yoga or meditation or or my time in nature, is focusing a lot on grounding. So really, like keeping my feet on the ground. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I can relate very much to grounding. It's mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I need a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I literally feel that the connection to earth is what helps me stay stable mm -hmm. and yeah, very close to my core as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually interesting. I mean, we didn't plan to talk about Ayurveda, but I just find it so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're this like, Pita Vata type and you feel you're back to this nature now what do you, do you think what got lost while you were working in in corporate in the corporate world in banking mm. were you more was was the pita like highly elevated or what was out of alignment so i would say that the the vata like both vata and pita were out of alignment but vata more in terms of um yeah, like it, it got harder and harder for me to concentrate and, and I was just not like Vata became so strong that I was really not having any connection to to the downward moving energy anymore. So to ground being grounded mm. and um, the Pitta got out of balance, but more in a term of suppressing it. So like that whole part of willpower and that whole fi fiery um, part that I had. Um, became very very small and I was like from my level and I was like basically following a path that other people would objectively find to be the right path but 
for me that would not have been um, or wasn't the right path. So this is what made my pitta go very, very low, I think. My mm. willpower, willpower in terms of achieving, in terms of doing things um, was, was not on a natural level for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting that you're saying that about about the vata that the vata really got out of alignment mm. and that you couldn't couldn't concentrate and focus properly anymore. Mm. Mm. Maybe we can touch back on that later on. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know your story. We had a little pre-chat, but for all of those listening, so I'm having you on because. I feel that um, your story of freeing yourself from a job, from, from a job and a life that didn't align with you, freeing yourself from the corporate world. Um, I just love telling these stories. And in my here in the Freedom Lifestyle Edition, I have told a lot of those stories, but I think we can never have enough of these because they have or they give so much inspiration to others. And I feel that there are so many people out there who feel that something is not right or maybe they feel already out of alignment, but they either don't have the courage to change or they don't know how to do it. So I feel just by listening to someone who's made this step and who's, well, leaving the corporate world is just one, mm. like, one path but in your way or in your case it was the way that's connected to you living your truth so yeah I, I'd, I'd love you to dive a little deeper into your own story and, and and tell us how you yeah how you got to Bali hypnotherapy and living this much freer and more aligned life yeah um Yeah, it's actually a pleasure to share it because I hope to, to help and inspire a lot of people to also take that step if they are feeling that there is um, something not in line with, with themselves and their own values. So um, to begin with, um, I actually like had a, I mean, I had a very, very normal and nice childhood and I had a very easy time in school, actually always getting A grades very, very easily without studying a lot. Like it ever, it always came to me just like that. I didn't have to put a lot of effort into, into achieving what society thinks to be desirable. Um, so I finished high school uh, in Bavaria in, in Germany with very, very good grades. So I could have gone to any university studying any subject that I, that I would, want, would have wanted to. And back then I was 18 or 19 and there was already like this part of me that was like indecisive. Like I was like, oh, maybe I study psychology or math or business <laughs> or uh, I just don't do any of this. And I just traveled down south to South Italy and help street children. So these were my options and what I eventually decided because I couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't decide which subject it, it's supposed to be. For me, it was clear that I had to go to university was, okay, I don't go to any university. I just go down to Italy. And when I made that decision, like just a couple of weeks later, a good friend of mine who was studying in Switzerland back then already 
call me and um, ask what, I, what my plans are and this and that. And, and so I was, and he told me about this university he was going to, which is a um, very well-known business university in Europe. And he just recommended and said, yeah, do that, do that. Um, what is it like an application test and, and see if they take you. And yeah, and I was like, yeah, why not? Switzerland is like Austria. Um, didn't like I have never heard of that university before. I did that application test, and I passed it. And so everybody was like, oh, like including my parents, oh, this is such a big chance if you get accepted to this university. Like so many people are dreaming about this. Go there, do that. So I went to this university. And after half of a year um, studying business administration, I already like were close to burnout, but more bore out. So I was intellectually very, very bored and I hated um, my fellow students. Unfortunately, I just hated this, this attitude and it was just not my world. I didn't feel like I belonged, belonged there. And I wanted to leave this university and didn't because I met, I actually like traveled to the United States, planning to leave this university and finding out what I really want and ran into the arms of my ex-boyfriend back then. So I fell in love with him and he came from that tiny little town in Switzerland. <laughs> um, fasting forward, it made me stay at this university and even finishing a master degrees there. And so I had a, a, or I still have a bachelor and master degrees in, in business and organizational development of a very well-known university in, yeah, in Europe. And so I started my career in the corporate world. It was just like a natural way of, of how things go, you know, when you finish like university there, everybody is like, oh, we want to go into like big corporations. And so I was like, okay, so this is what I got to do now. And I started my corporate career, climbing up the corporate career ladder, um, also being like talent of the year and this and that. And, but, but like starting this corporate career, I was already feeling that I didn't want to do that. There was a part mm. inside of me who was like, I want to empower people. I want to help people. I want to work with people and really help them. And um, yeah, so I made up a lot of excuses actually in that corporate time to why, why I couldn't leave. Um, I chose like the fields of organizational culture, leadership development, all of these things to kind of convince myself that I'm doing something good for, for the people but it just never felt in line with me. And um, a part of me, like that part of me that knew all along, kind of fought for it the whole time I was like climbing up that corporate career ladder. So I always managed to convince my bosses to give me two to three months off every year to go travel. And um, I spent like each and every weekend high up in the mountains doing a lot of like very freedom um, orientated things. Um, <laughs> I never, I actually never ironed my shirts, which was a big thing in the banking industry that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite a rebel move, right? I know that woman, <laughs> that woman with the tattoos, 
the curly hair and then she's not even ironing her shirts that was a thing in the, in the banking industry and I like I was still if it wasn't like a very important day I would still wear my jeans um, and <laughs> I love and, that and lucky enough I had I had the most amazing boss that was like my biggest fan and supporter and still a very good friend of mine now and he was like He was just letting me be, just making jokes about it, but he was letting me be. And otherwise I couldn't have survived in the corporate world for, for six years. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, it's just good you notice it. Um, I was just thinking, <clears throat> it's a lot of the times I feel it's the people around us that make us survive in an environment because... I was in an agency and I loved the life the first couple of years, but I probably wouldn't have stayed that long if there weren't that group, if there wasn't that group of people that were like friends mm. and that were really fun to be around with. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. This is also a need of all of us, right? A need for um, belonging and belonging to a community. And, and in, in our Western world, especially in countries like Germany, Switzerland, United States, it's very easy to belong to a community when, when you're following the same career path, like, like the people around you mm -hmm. and um, following the same, let's say, beliefs and rules and, and also having the same definition of, what a career is and what success actually is. So I think a lot of us stay in these jobs because there is a part of us that just wants to belong to a, a broader community. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Mm. Because leaving this world, um, like leaving this, this normal career path, I mean, you, you know it yourself, right? also means leaving leaving a world and leaving a lot of people behind that that you're so used to seeing every day and to um to connect with on a like on whatever level and once you free yourself from this you're out there alone first so you gotta rebuild a new community and this can be a lonely path in the very beginning and i think this is also another reason what what scares a lot of people to actually mm. le leave a job and an industry that that they hate or that is not in line with their with their inner like true inner self yeah true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 definitely a good impulse for yeah um, for a lot of people i'm sure and to to finish my story and to make it a little bit more inspiring for, for <laughs> others <laughs> what actually happened through the through the five to six years in the corporate world is that that there was always this part of me who wanted to live up to the expectations of society and bosses and my parents or what i believed to be my parents expectations and to follow this corporate career path but then there was this part of me who was always kind of seeking that freedom and and my true my true nature so what I was doing was traveling a lot um rock climbing and doing some crazy mountain adventures every weekend um I went I went to therapy like for five or six years on a regular basis 
And so the closer I came back to myself, the more clear it was. And it was actually always clear that I wanted to empower people. But I communicated this only in my in my private life. So with my friends and, and um, family, but didn't really clearly communicate it in my professional life. So I always like assumed people would know that I didn't want to make that big corporate career, but I actually never said it out loud. Mm. And... So One. what was, sorry, what was um, some of the most pr like pressuring or pressing things for you? So what was really, can, can you speak to that a little bit? So that I didn't, didn't leave earlier or, or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, like what, What was it that you felt inside that didn't align with your uh, with your nature or how mm. you want to live? But then maybe also the obstacles. So what was the, the biggest obstacle for you leaving that? So, uh, I mean, what I what was basically not in line with me was the was the whole world of of corporations so corporations you have to imagine this is big systems and um in our world there is big hierarchies in there and what is basically playing out in these big hierarchies is that the the people who let's say um play out their their herd in a child strategies in form of perfectionism in form of um urge for power or um, urge for need for control are becoming becoming the bosses in these in these hierarchies and the people who are um, rather like me like people pleasing and and yeah rescue and so on overachievers are the ones who are who are the employees and this is a very 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 toxic toxic relationship between the bosses and the And, and the employees and I, I saw that from the very beginning on that there is something something not going well and later on when I was working as a consultant like uh, with a lot of big 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 corporations actually I saw that in every single corporation that I was looking into mm. like this is not only a thing that I experienced myself but this is something that is going on in every corporation and that was one thing Another thing was that I saw that these corporations were so focused on internal stuff um, and way less to the external. So a lot of times it's not about the product. It's not about um, caring about the clients. There's so much inner fights and politics and control and, 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 and this really urge for power that, they, that people would just really be nasty to each other and yeah kind of uh, like hmm, now the English expression is missing but really really running over the employees so mm -hmm. uh, so it's a fight for whoever is the project leader and if one person gets the project lead then the other person who didn't get it will do everything in their power to to regain that project lead, like things like that mm. and and i like and until now this is this is so not understandable to me that that people can care about these things so much or whoever gets the promotion <laughs> whoever has a higher salary 
and all of these these um, things that really are not in line with my with my soul. And then, of course, I mean, I didn't find any purpose, any meaningfulness in the work that I was doing. That is, pro that was probably the biggest um, issue that I didn't feel that I'm contributing uh, to a better world at all. Mm. Um, these were the things that pressured me the most, I would say. And the biggest obstacles actually to leave this world, as you were asking before. <laughs> so one thing, one thing is, of course, that people like that inner people pleaser that that was very powerful back then, because I wanted to please the, the bosses unconsciously, of course, but please the bosses, society, my my parents, I wanted to fit in. And there comes the, yeah, come plays the, the belonging to community also part of it. And another thing is that we're like, I feel like because we all have freedom inside of us, we all do. It's our own decision to stay in a job that we don't like or that is not in line with us. Mm -hmm. and we have to take this res responsibility over it. But if we don't, a lot of us like swim around in this victim mode, you know, like feeling, yeah, I can't leave, like building up these inner jails and inner excuses um, that are actually that are actually just jails that we create in our mind. So I cannot leave because I um, whatever have to pay the debt of my house, or I cannot leave because I I need to be a good mom and take care of my kids and send them to an expensive school, or I cannot leave. For me, it was I cannot leave before I didn't save um, at least 40,000 Swiss francs. And, um, and then, then a lot of people, of course, don't leave because they feel like they won't be successful when they're self-employed and, and um, for security reasons. So there's so many excuses that we're making up in our mind. Um, I call them inner jails that are just mm. actually, actually bullshit. It's actually bullshit. Yeah. But we make ourselves believe it. And actually in a corporation world, you get you get told that a lot, like that it's so hard to be self-employed and you're going to have such a hard time and all the social security and insurances and benefits and blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff is, is um, going to be missing and you're going to be poor when you're old and all of these things. And um, I think in a society that is very um, consume-driven, it takes a long way to realize that that it's not of a big value to me or to other people also to have a big house or a big car and all of these things. Yeah. That's mm. for the obstacles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love all what you said. And I really like this term of inner jails mm. because it is like this. This is the, the container we're putting up the, mm. the little box, the jail that, that, that keeps us stuck and that keeps us, us away from from our freedom that we could mm. live if we just stepped out and it's yeah it's just so fascinating that it's let's say 80 percent in our minds what we are mm. that that holds us back from from doing something or from taking that step and leaving that job and um and yeah and also very very interesting to hear that you actually um saw that they are keeping up that story that it is so uh, like so difficult to be self-employed and you don't have the safety or the security and um, 
Yeah. But then again, I mean, you know it, and I think a lot of the people listening know that you could be like fired in a snap. So it's, it's not that it's like, oh, so secure, you're, you're a permanent job. It's, it's not permanent. So nothing's permanent. Anyways, that goes very into very so philosophical terms. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And though and and you know, people feel feel so stuck to this job and, and saying that it's so secure in Switzerland, you are not um, as protected as in Germany, for example, by employee law. So your employer can fire you at any time. You have a um, mm. like a two to three months period of of still um, retaining your job, but then you're gone. So there is not an employee protection law. So this is really, you're just a number. And, um, and this is something that, that people are not really, really aware of. Mm. And talking about the, about the, what you said about the mind, you know, with the jails that we build up in our thinking mind, at least the question is what is actually lying behind these <laughs> jails that we're building up. And a lot of times there is inner beliefs um, lying behind it. So really destructive inner beliefs, either about ourselves or about society that are blocking us from, from um, resolving these inner jails. Mm. And also the lack of responsibility that we're, we're um, willing to, to take. Because when you step into your power and taking the responsibility for yourself, um, you cannot make up excuses anymore. Like excuses yeah. is a thing of victimhood. As soon as you're in your own power and in responsibility, you um, there is no place for making up excuses. If you decide to stay, then this is your full responsibility. Yeah, I love that you're pointing that out because it's so important. Um, Yeah, I feel that a lot of the mentality in our society, I mean, I can like primarily speak to to the German mentality, but I feel mm -hmm. it's kind of rooted like it's it's never your fault. I'm I'm exaggerating, of course, but it's never my fault. It's always mm -hmm. the other's fault or yeah. And mm -hmm. there has to be someone who's who's taking care of me. It's mm -hmm. it's also the social system in Germany, I feel where like okay, now I'm unemployed. Now the, the federal government or the state is taking care of me. Now I'm sick. Now my health insurance is taking care mm -hmm. of me. But yeah, so I, I feel it's very ingrained, this, this lack of responsibility. Yeah. That way. Yeah. 100%. So now your moment of liberation to, um, to, uh, to inspire the people even more that are listening. So how did so, you get out of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> the situation that I put myself into that, that uh, is better to be added. <laughs> I myself had the full responsibility putting myself in there. So what happened actually is I was like more and more evolving, um, like doing trainings and whatever in psychological fields. And, um, but also more and more trying to push myself into the field like um, organizational culture so and leadership, so stuff that really had to do with people. And I was trying to convince myself that this is really good and I can like make a big normal corporate career on, in this field. And eventually I realized, okay, it, it is the banking industry. 
And actually, this was, I, I was actually always saying, no, it's not my, it's not the banking industry. It's all of these corporations. But my dad always said, yeah, but you've only been in that banking industry. You got to try out a different industry and things will be very, very different. And I was like, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe my inner voice is wrong. So I went into, con, um, into a consultant job. So basically consulting corporations all over the place from different industries um, in the fields of organizational development and culture. And what I realized there is that it was even worse. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I, get, I really get to the limit of myself. Like I, my hair um, started was starting to fall out again um, my body became very sick um, my digestion was super bad I had like constant issues with constipation I had um, like really strong sleeping issues and and like being in hyper arousal the whole time and meanwhile I was still like going to therapy for years and years and years and actually knowing very very clear what I wanted and I don't know why I didn't take that step before but then one day I was like that moment I was thinking okay one year more than I have the 40,000 Swiss francs and then I can leave um one of my former bosses asked me the question are you willing to actually um have less private life even more than you're having now so less free time less uh, time off of the job and I was like I just knew no and it just came out I didn't even have to like had to think about the answer it just came out no I'm not willing to give up more private life even more I was working over hours already and doing things that I really like um, was not feeling in line with and this answer just came from so deep within and was so liberating to say, no, you can play your games. And if this is your way of living, you can do so. But for me, this is not right. And um, of course, by saying no, I absolutely was aware of the, of the con consequences. But this was like such in line. My body, heart and soul were so in line that there's no came out. And also I was so connected to, to my true self that never, not one single second since then, and that's a couple of years ago now, did I um, regret saying no. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so amazing to hear. So powerful. Mm. I mean, and I get, I honestly get shivers, like hearing these, these stories about these moments where you just say no or yes, deep down from your core and you just know it's the right thing and you don't think about it. It just comes out. And maybe afterwards there's a moment of shock, like, oh, did I just say it? But in that moment, it just feels so true. And um, yeah. Yeah, it was pure freedom. It was really pure freedom. I absolutely didn't expect it to ha be happening that moment, but I also didn't, like I was caught off guard, of course. I didn't expect anyone to ask me that question naturally. Um, but then this question was the biggest gift that I ever received in my life because it gave me a chance, um, the same chance that I had after I finished high school to choose what's right and wrong for me. And to really get um, get asked directly in, in that instance, I got 
asked directly and and I made that choice from from deep within and the choice was myself my true self my purpose my freedom mm. yeah and then things went very fast so I was like <laughs> okay what what are the options and I actually didn't even write one single application for a different job I was just like okay I wanted to do that for so long I didn't save up the money that I planned to <laughs> And I have a wonderful apartment that I love and, and a car and, and family and friends, but I knew that um, I had to go. I had to leave and, and, and find that modality that I wanted to bring to the world and um, yeah, to just set off. And so I like quit my job, quit my apartment, um, organized everything within a couple of weeks and left Switzerland in the beginning of Uh, last March, so right when when the pandemic started. Good move, I Good say move. in hindsight. Good move. <laughs> yeah, that was that timing was really in line with um, with a higher purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just just for the listener, so you were while you were in your corporate career, you were already um, studying, doing a lot of courses in psychology, right? Yeah. So you were already studying in that field, building up something that was really in your of your interest. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. So I did a lot of courses and had a lot of certificates already, and like included modalities like coaching and something even in the corporate world because I had such a good boss back in the banking industry that would let me do it um and and of course my whole life like also when I um, yeah remember myself being like super small three years old I was always the person um who loved to connect with people and 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 who is very sensitive to to the emotions of others and who wanted to help others and everything but of course as a kid you don't understand it you need to help yourself first because you're actually able to help other people and um, yeah and so while I was in the corporate world I was going to therapy myself and I, I say and I still do it so for me going to therapy yourself this is the biggest certificate that you can have for actually um being a successful therapist because if you didn't resolve your stuff and if you didn't go um and do that journey and continuously do that journey how would you be able to to help anyone so this was the biggest certificate but then I would also like um try different modalities and do courses and all of these things and but I never really focused on um, getting self-employed while I was in the corporate world in all honesty mm. yeah yeah mm. no just I just wanted to give a little bit of a background for the people um, listening to, to so they know that you were already interested in that other mm. field and already like just having a look around maybe more for personal reasons but somehow deep down also to bring out your message in the end Yeah, no, it was not, it was honestly not only for personal reasons. So for personal reasons, I had the, I had the um, therapists and tools that helped me most. And um, the, the looking around for courses and whatever was always with the goal to get self-employed in this, in this field of, of psychology and, and, and therapy. 
um, but I just never really found the the modality. So the the approach of therapy that I would say that is mine, even after I had like a coaching certificate and this and that, I was like, but this is not it. This is not it. This mm. is not it that I want to bring out to the people. Yeah. And so this is what I did while I was in the corporate world, um, corporate world. And then when I was in Bali, I, um, <laughs> I stumbled um, across a very beautiful person in the yoga teacher training that you did as well, Kat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, without even by that time, I just knew what I wanted. I knew that I am um, like, I wanted to be self-employed um, with, with therapy. And I knew that there is a modality out there that is in line with me that goes beyond um, the death that I, that I experienced so far. But I, I stopped searching. I really did stop searching. I just knew. And so I trusted that it will like eventually come to me because I decided for it to come. And so in the yoga teacher training, I got to know by now a good friend of mine and, and, and also a hypnotherapist. And I was like, okay, I have this issue with um, my partner and what was it? I, I didn't feel, feel listened to. And I was like, yeah, I just want to like, get over it and, and not feeling that frustration coming up anymore. And so I was like, yeah, um, yeah, can I do a hypnotherapy session with you one or two to kind of get over this topic? And she was like, sure. And I had this hypnotherapy session just for my own sake. And I was like, oh, shoot, that is my modality. I found it without even searching for it in that moment. I stopped searching for it, honestly. And, <clears throat> and yeah, that's how I found it. And this is what I believe to be true for all of us. Whenever we deep down in line with our true selves, decide um, ourselves for, for something. So in my case, for actually being self-employed as a therapist. And we stop searching so um, urgently for something. It just comes to you very, very naturally. And this mm. is um, true like on all levels ever since I made a proper decision there. Mm. Mm. yeah thank you for saying that I feel it's um I don't know for me but I believe for anyone listening it's just such a reassurance you know it gives so much hope as well mm. and literally knowing this it's like okay I can just relax for a second mm. I mean you have to be clear about it somewhere yeah. inside you so clarity i think is is uh really a kind of a prerequisite i would yeah. almost say but then just knowing that you don't always have to go for it run for it struggle no once yeah. you're clear there are points in life where you can just relax a bit and and, yeah. and know that and it's trust. coming so, trust yeah 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 it actually like I mean, there's this, this very famous saying in code, right? You're always only one decision away from a very different life. And that applies um, to this in, in like very deeply because this is a inner decision. Like if, if one of the listeners, um, one of you has this inner desire to do something, you really have to make that inner decision that this is it. And as soon as you're doing and making that um, decision, it will come into a flow that you can't even imagine. And then you just start to trust. 
like it's just evolving and flowing and and you know that it will everything comes naturally very naturally to you to you mm. and no it's not a it's not a constant struggle and surge it's it's, it's a very natural natural yeah process actually yeah yeah that's very beautiful mm-hmm. so then you found hypnotherapy and mm-hmm. pretty much since then you've been you you did a training in that as well then mm-hmm. and yeah um a four month um long in-depth training here in bali and um it came like even even in the training like after the first practice <clears throat> session <coughs> It was very, 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 very natural to me. It was just flowing. And mm. yeah, so I did this training. It was very, very natural to me after the first practice session that this belongs to me. And mm. um, it was just flowing. I didn't even have any like former experience about it, but it just came out. And I could could connect with the clients. I... Um, like I had all the two tools from going to therapy myself and from, from like doing these couple of courses that I did already. And then just um, without even consciously thinking about it started to flow. Mm. Wow. That's so beautiful. I think two things are coming together here. One is this like it, the thing that's connected to your purpose or your purpose coming through. So you're, You're kind of naturally good at it. Mm. And then you have the experience, the lived experience where this just textbook knowledge. And I feel that's of so much value. And mm. I I believe in it because I'm I'm the same, you know, I'm I'm doing mentoring and I'm I'm now that I'm finished with my yoga teacher training. Um I'm also um, incorporating the yoga more into the mentoring or the mentoring into the yoga. Well, it's a combination, but basically mm-hmm. what's behind it, it's this, this lift experiences. So I've mm-hmm. done the things I've experienced the stuff I've created more freedom and empowerment in my life. And yeah. then you can bring it out on a whole new level versus just, you know, having studied it and, and re- yeah. like read about it. <laughs> 100% agree. Like if you have the experience and if you walk down that path yourself, you're better than yeah. anyone else who studied it consciously. I do believe yeah. in that. And I see that in so many therapists that the good ones are the ones who are, um, who are the ones who walk down that path. If they have a degree in psychology or not, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And yeah. one more thing about that knowledge I've, Like I believe and I know from my own path that we all have this inherent knowledge inside of us that we maybe consciously don't have access to. But whenever we, um, whenever we do something that is in line with our purpose, we suddenly know. And we don't mm. even know why and how, but we know. <laughs> and this is inside all of us. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's very, very important that everybody understands this, that, that we don't have to do courses and courses and over and over again and have the craziest degrees in every field to, to actually live our purpose and be successful with it also. Yeah. 
super important message thank you for uh, for uh, stressing that again for for pointing that out because i feel this is also something that holds a lot of people back they think they have to do another course they think they have to get this or that certificate and i know that in some countries for example in germany it's quite you know people are really looking at certificates but i think it's it's good to know that really you don't need them you just have to be good and yeah know know what you're doing in mm. in that what you're doing and yeah and and trust yourself trust yourself yeah. that if you're in line with your purpose you know yeah i'm not saying that that you should naively think mm, that you can help a person who is like let's say let's say in the fields of psychology like a person who is um, who suffers from, from, from eating disorder. Of course, you have to have some knowledge and experience about this before you are able to do that. But um, for, general, for your general jobs, um, I think it's very, very important that all of us access this inner wisdom that we hold within from, from places and spaces that we cannot even imagine, but we all have it mm -hmm. and we all bring it. And there's so, so much more to us than, than this conscious knowledge that we're gaining through school and university. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That was actually, or we are actually um, on the right track here for the, for the next question. Um, you said, so when, you, when you're in, in touch with your purpose, you just know and you can trust and you're just doing the things and it's flowing naturally. And mm. now the, the question that might be coming up for some people listening is like, yeah, but, but how do I know what's, what's my true nature? How do I mm. connect to my real self? Because a lot of the times with, I don't know, just, just taking the standard life, you know, mm doing a job, having children, going to the gym, doing this, doing that, social appointments, you, you're just in a, you're in a flow, but you don't, maybe you really don't know. And you've literally lost that connection to your, mm. to yourself, to your true nature. So um, can you speak to that a little bit? How can we come back to our center from your experience, your own experience, but also the experience with your clients and you have a lot of clients from the corporate world so what can help people you know draw back in come back to their center mm -hmm. their nature <laughs> um so <laughs> that is a bigger question so starting with the birth into modern world today i believe that all of us um already get some form of disconnection to our true selves And this becomes more and more and more through the way that we're growing up, through conditioning, social media, um, pressure from family, um, culture, society, all of these things. In combination then with traumas, um, inner beliefs that we get just put on that are maybe not even our, our own inner beliefs, you know. And so we grow up. Um, like building up these layers and layers and layers of um, that are disconnecting us from our true self. And these layers and layers and layers are the things that we have to um, work through in order to get back to our true nature. And um, 
I always stress that it's very important to understand that every person um, has different techniques and modalities that work for them to, to get through these layers and layers and layers. But one, um, one technique or modality that, that literally does help everyone is therapy, of course, because we all have um, experienced some smaller or bigger traumas in our lives. Like whenever as a child, we didn't get our needs met, a small trauma is already created. And that doesn't have to mean that the parents were doing a bad job. This is just naturally what's happening. And um, all of us are adapting inner uh, or beliefs that come from our culture and our society, but are actually not in line with our true selves. And um, yeah, so, so therapy is a very wonderful way to work through these layers and layers of um, disconnect. Another way, wonderful way is of course, meditation, it's um, yoga. It's just spending time in nature and reconnecting with our true mother. This is my number one go-to by the way, and will always be um, reconnecting with nature because nature is our home and we're actually coming from nature. We are a part of nature. And um, so yeah, finding back to your true self is really working through these layers and layers and layers of traumas, conditioning, conditioning, inner beliefs, um, um, expectations, whatever distraction is around us. Mm. And this takes time. It is not something that is to be done within three months. It takes time and um, willpower, commitment, and um, but you will get there. Like everyone mm. will get there. Mm. Mm. And then as soon as we're reconnecting, um, I mean, it's not like now you're reconnected and you always say reconnected. There's like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's constant distractions in our world. We're social beings. There's constantly expectations and, and beliefs and whatever around us, social media. Um, but this like being as close as possible to your true self once this is this is accomplished you are able to really make these um, important decisions in your life that are so in line with yourself and your purpose and to possibly leave leave a job um, or a family or whatever it is a relationship that um, is just not uh, not in line with with who you are who you actually mm. are mm. Mm. um what would you say regarding your the, the people that come to you? What's mm. what are the the biggest obstacles for a lot of people coming from the probably coming from the corporate world, coming from a safe job mm. or still working in there? And I know we've touched on it a little bit before, mm. but maybe um you already said like named a few buzzwords of um overachieving people pleasing I don't know if this plays into into it as well of not being connected to yourself mm -hmm. um it does because as long as we're playing out our um, childhood strategies our hurt like the strategies that we like form as a hurt in your um her child or um our like to put it into parts therapy the protector parts are playing um, the biggest role in our life. This is not coming from our center, from our true self. 
So um, whenever we have a strong desire for perfectionism or for um, controlling, controlling yourself or controlling other people for overachievement, for people pleasing, um, that, is a, that is a big, big sign of being very disconnected from your true self because your true self doesn't need all of this. And so the corporate world for me, out of my experience has a lot of disconnection and you can see it um, through that. And a different way to, to see it is that I actually experience a lot of employees who are super unhappy and who, are, who wish they could leave their job but make up excuses why they couldn't. So there's a lot of time spent in the, in the victim mode. That is a, mm. another sign, um, this victim um, mentality, like not being responsible for where your life is at at this very moment. Um, yeah, and then of course, um, because because so many people are so attached to this this fake security that we're building up in our in our um, societies and systems with insurances and so on, um, and and safe jobs and all of these things, like being so attached to this security, um, a lot of people lack a lot of self trust and 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 self worth and this but this is all lying underneath you know um 10 years back if somebody would have told me like you're a people pleaser i would have laughed and said me no even when i went <laughs> when i went to therapy for the first time this was for one topic for the for the fear of losing that was actually like very destructive um for my past relationship so this fear of losing was um, so so present that it was basically controlling me. And, and since it had control over me, I was like, okay, maybe that is something that I should work on. But this was the only topic that I was seeing, you know? I was like, okay, I just like get over that topic and then I'm, I'm done with therapy. Like, <laughs> but now <laughs> here I am believing that everybody should constantly go to therapy whenever they experience an issue or block in their lives, including myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I had to laugh because um, I was in a, well, kind of a similar situation when I was still working in the agency. So probably one and a half, two years in, you know, this very young, um, ambitious woman and, I was, I wouldn't say overweight, but I had like a few pounds more than I wanted. And yeah, and I had like acne on my face and I was standing at a, at a drugstore and or at a pharmacy and, and telling, telling the woman behind the counter, oh, I want this and that face wash. And I don't know. And she said, and I was complaining about my acne and she said, ah. Oh, maybe you have some, I think she asked something along the lines, maybe you have some deeper stress or maybe something is bothering you. And I was like, mm. or something is, else is wrong in your life. And I was like, ha, no. <laughs> and I was like, and maybe I was already feeling saying that, no, that it was not a no, of course. So that there was definitely something wrong. And um, yeah, it was just one of these, these situations that, that stuck in my mind. And yeah, exactly. This is exactly how it is um, today because we get so used to, this is normal that I have acne that doesn't have psychological or mental reasons. 
Um, it's normal to have constipation or constant mm. diarrhea. Like it is normal to have sleep issues in the corporate world. In all honesty, it is actually meant to be cool to only sleep five hours a night and <laughs> um, to have a lack of sleep and to check your emails and to do lists before, before yeah. you go to bed or even in bed. And, and today I would tell you, well, you should check on if you suffer from anxiety, you know, and, This is, mm. um, this is the story that we create and that comes to our body, the way that our body is reacting, like losing hair. I was like, oh, maybe it's because, um, because what did I say? Ah, because I stopped taking the, um, the anti-baby anti pill, like the, the birth control hormones. So this was the fault. It was not the stress. And that I mm. couldn't go um, to the toilet on a regular basis. I was like, maybe I don't drink enough coffee. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're, making, we're making up so many stupid excuses yeah. just to not see um, how unhappy we are. And especially in the corporate world, there's so many people suffering from, from all of these symptoms. And yeah. they're actually... Um, actually like yeah they they're seen as desirable unfortunately yeah yeah it's it's like wearing this like oh i'm constantly checking my emails i'm always with my phone i'm even sleeping with it it's like wearing that as a badge of honor instead of like saying okay this is deeply unhealthy and not sane in a mental way as well so exactly yeah But mm. be, be that person who says it there. I mean, I was also not the person saying it there, you know? No, Because and it's so normal. It's so yeah. normal. Yeah, and often you don't see it. You don't mm. see that it's not normal and that you're actually going down a very unhealthy track. And I, when I remember back the first two, three years, I just thought it's very cool. It's just, you know, I was living off it. It was feeding me. It was like, yeah, I, I'm doing this career thing and I can do 10 yeah. things at a time. And yeah. But exactly. Yeah. As you said, it's in the end, it's bullshit. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. And then, and then like the clients, uh, clients are coming to me and, and um, suffering from like a lack of focus and lack of concentration and don't understand why. Or um, yeah, as I said, really like severe sleeping issues from burnout symptoms, um, panic attacks, anxiety, all of these things, you know, and, and, And I, I wish there to be way more awareness in a corporate world that this is actually um, so um, dominant now, but no one talks about it. And uh, like the maximum people would do is they go to a coach and that <laughs> is kind of okay to, <laughs> to say that I go to coaching, but then, um, yeah, like mentioning that you really struggle and, and that you have anxiety and go and see a therapist. Nobody would ever talk about this. It's actually crazy that it's still like this. Mm. I mean, maybe I'm also in this, in this bubble, especially on Instagram where everyone talks about living a mindful and conscious life, but maybe that's also just talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of Instagram is not mindful. No, that's true. And I know I, I feel it myself when it's draining me. I, I know. And then I'm 
I'm very aware of it, I would say. And of course, I have days where like I overdo the Instagram and then I, I know, okay, step back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good because it isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. I just thought I really hope that, you know, COVID and the lockdown help to slow down people. I don't really think so, but I still hope so. Mm. You know, also in that regard, that people like get behind it, that it's like, okay, maybe it's not good to be on 24-7. Maybe Mm. it's not healthy to constantly check my emails. Mm. Maybe I don't really, I don't have to be available all the Mm. time. Mm. Mm, I think there is like kind of two... two, um, yeah, two groups or two developments and evolvements through, through COVID. There is one part that we see now in the mental health industry um, that is booming, that people are admitting that they don't feel well and that they're seeking help, actually. And um, then there is another group of people, and these are the ones that are, yeah, actually where it got even worse, this, this constantly being online through, through working at home. So the, the borders between where's my private life and where's my professional life um, melted down even more. And just looking back over um, my years in, in the field of organizational culture and, and development, this, uh, this, yeah, this, hmm, that there is no border between the professional and the private life. That was something that organizations was actually, were actually forcing. And they would hire um, mainly employees who who are living that kind of a lifestyle. And and this all got covered under the, the false promise of freedom, of course. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so whenever you're you're willing to melt down the border between private and, and professional life, uh, you can also like go for a run while it's working time and so on. And um yeah, that, that false promise of freedom just led to people being available and reachable and working basically 24-7. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point that you're bringing that up. Yeah, you definitely have to set in place boundaries early on. Mm. Or if you don't do it early on, do it later on anyways, but just be very strict about it. And I know that's a thing a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and definitely stuff for um, for another episode. <laughs> I don't know. How, how are we time-wise? Do you still have a little bit of time? Can we dive into the healing topic a bit more or should we just postpone it? No, sure. Yeah? Let's dive in there. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's really nicely connected to this, to the freedom part. So the first part mm-hmm. of our conversation because it's um, healing in many ways or freedom and healing are in many ways so closely connected mm. and, um, and healing, you know, going on that journey, starting to heal ourselves also um, is, our, is really our capacity to, to live a truly free and, and truthful life. Um, so I just want to touch on four sub 
topics or let's call it misconceptions of healing mm -hmm. and um yeah that that really may help listeners understand why they are stuck in a certain place on their on their journey mm -hmm. should That's, i start um, yeah go yeah. for it okay um so basically just to make clear what what i mean um what I mean when I use the word or the term healing. So what I mean is um, healing is the journey back to your true self. So back to your true nature. And that is basically a lifelong, a lifelong journey. Um, mm -hmm. Because we all are social beings. We have distractions around us and um, that are trying to pull us away from our true selves. So it's a, a constant I don't want to call it work, but in constant effort to stay connected and in line with our true nature. Um, as we are on this planet and, and um, not being alone, we're connected also with, with others and with society as a total and culture and so on. And so I feel there's a misconception also being um, extremely, extremely sold by, by Instagram and social media is that healing can be done um, through a program or within three months. Like there's always these three months programs. And one thing is how, how um, the, let's say, coaches or therapists or whoever is selling that program, of course, is putting it um, in terms of you're healed after three months, basically. That is already false leading, but then there is also this expectation from from people who are not very experienced in 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 the fields of therapy and, and healing itself. So they're like, okay, I buy this program for three months, and I do it for three months, and afterwards I'm healed. And this is just not true. This is a journey and a constant path um, to walk on to really stay connected with your true self, because we are not alone on this planet. We are connected and um, we are influenced and there's so many distractions on this planet. So I feel this is very, um, very, very important for everyone to understand who sets off on this journey that this, this is a, a constant um, lifelong journey, but that also makes it beautiful and it takes out a lot of pressure that, that you have to be the perfect person or the perfect concept of a person after this um, three months program. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, perf perfectionism or having the perfect version of myself is also what came to my mind, you know. Um, yeah, some years ago, I had this like this this idea that, okay, when I work on this thing and that thing and after that, it's perfect. I don't have to work on anything anymore and it's of course it's not true I mean going deeper you find more things and it's um and also one of my latest realizations so this this is personal um for me um healing I think for me is so connected with accepting that this perfect image that I had of myself mm. is it doesn't exist Mm. or if it's scratched it doesn't matter because that's me the mm. the other thing is just the perfect image but yeah that's um yeah <laughs> it, that's it's interesting it, yeah that's also a little bit of a <clears throat> tendency that we have as a whole society is like 
um, having these perfect images of ourselves, of others, of um, whatever we're doing, that we're also like always striving for this perfect version. And what we actually don't want um, is a perfect version. We want to have a natural version, so a true version. And mm. um, who, who says what is perfect and what is not? Our flaws are the same way perfect as our strengths. Um, so the goal should always be to, to really come back to that natural version of ourselves and not to any perfect version. And I do agree that, that realizing this um, gives a lot of freedom. It actually gives a lot of freedom because it takes off the expectations of yourself to be perfect <laughs> after three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm, I really like that. And you and you phrased it nicely, the natural version. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. That's yeah. what you want. And I think it also has to do with um what you just said, those three months with this often, I don't know, sub subconscious or unconscious um urge for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Because three months, hey, well, that's a time frame that I can look over. It's it's not too far. It's um, yeah, I can sign up for that. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that comes with <laughs> that actually comes perfectly with the topic of commitment, right? So so mm -hmm. um, <laughs> once you said of that journey, <laughs> realizing that this is a lifelong journey, you really have to commit to, to your true self. So you have to commit to yourself that you're, you're willing to do that, that um, walk and that journey. And that, um, that this instant gratification will not be happening. There will be high ups when, when a person goes through healing and therapy or um, whatever form of modality he or she chooses. There will be high, high ups and, and moments where, where the person realizes, oh, my God, I'm not reacting annoyed anymore. How did that happen? And other moments where you find yourself still playing out the same pattern and not understanding why. Um, or detecting, that is my favorite thing, detecting a new pattern. And, and this, is, this is just reality. We, we always find something, um, yeah, that we... we we could work on not work on where we could evolve actually um that would will help us to be even closer and more connected to our true selves and um that doesn't mean that it's a constant hassle and and the person really has to search constantly for something to to work on but um this this awareness is very important that that this is um it takes commitment to walk down that path and there will not be um, sometimes there will be after two weeks a gratification and sometimes <laughs> it takes half a year until you see a difference mm. but looking back when you stick with these six months and you look back to the version of yourself six months ago you see it always yeah yeah that's so good that you're saying this and because it, it can be frustrating you know down the road you're like doing the work, you're doing your yoga, you're meditating. And I don't know, for maybe four, six months, like you feel nothing is happening. But then all of a sudden you have this one day or that moment where it's like, oh, oh my gosh, 
you look back and you see it. It's like mm -hmm. there's a difference. And 100%. that is so good. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks <laughs> for uh, reassuring the listeners that there will be kind of a gratification, but oh, maybe yeah. after just, well, no, not after three months, but after six or nine or 12 or whenever. Oh, and we all have these um, destructive thoughts and these weak moments, you know, I just, I just, me personally, I had one a couple of weeks ago when I was like having a session with my long-term therapist from Switzerland and I haven't um, seen her for, for, for two years now. And um, we're still very connected internally, but um, I just like use different forms of therapy that are available here in Bali. So um I was stumbling um, across a, a topic that was very similar to a topic that I worked on with her for quite a, quite a while. And, and I was sitting in front of her and like in total victim mode and, and telling her, now I have to deal with that topic again. I thought I would be over it. I can't believe it. You know, me as a therapist myself, actually knowing what's going on, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. Eh? And, <laughs> And she just looked at me and she was just like, just look at the Marie five years ago and look at you today. Are you sure that there is no difference? And I was looking, oh my God, the situation like is very similar, but I'm dealing with it so much better and it's so much more easy and everything. It was just like my destructive like inner part that was playing jokes with me telling myself to get into victim mode, not having enough sleep and, and uh, sitting there and whining and complaining. And then I realized, oh my God, bullshit. There's topics that will accompany us for our whole life, but we get so much better in dealing with them. Even if we encounter them over and over and over and <laughs> over again. Yeah. Dealing and, and detecting them, right? You you literally see them like coming up to you. It's like, oh, okay, the situation's okay. I know. Now yeah. I will go into that pattern. And yeah, it can be frustrating. But at the same time, you say you, you react or act from a different place mm. because you know it. You're aware of that situation mm. and you, you know your pattern. So... Yeah, and actually, like um, doing that work is also reprogramming your your inner beliefs and and your unconscious. So it's not only consciously knowing what's happening there and detecting it, but um, like the instant reactions when you do proper healing, the instant reactions to to um, similar situations really do change. So the way that um, let's say today Marie was dealing. Um, with this fear of losing was completely different than um, the Marie, whatever, seven years ago. Mm. Um, but in that moment, I was just seeing the topic fear of losing. And I thought, oh, again, mm. <laughs> and I'm mm. so poor that I have to deal with it again. And, and um, yeah, so we all have these moments, but it's important to, to quickly get, if we cannot get us out, um, out of these moments ourselves, we just need to like have somebody that puts the mirror up and, and, and yeah. ask you the question, are you really dealing with it the same yeah. way like seven years ago or not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the same pattern or the same 
thing that comes mm. up, but our reaction is so different after mm. working on it. And yeah, 100 percent. Hmm? I mean, yeah. like looking back um, when we have these <clears throat> these strong patterns before we work on them, they basically have control over us. So these patterns, um, whenever you feel like you lose control over yourself and you're reacting very impulsively and having very strong emotions towards it, then that is something that should be um, healed. Mm. And, and um, like after doing the work, the, the topic, we, this is natural that we all experience a fear of, of, of losing. This is very natural. We're all human beings. But the question is, do you still um, react to it very impulsively, very emotionally, very out of control? Does it still have control over you or not? And in my case, I could say, no, it, it doesn't have control over me at all. I just wanted to whine and complain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had to deal with, with this emotion of fear of losing instead of just dealing with it. So... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It's, it's very, very important to, to realize this and, and very wonderful and rewarding to see looking back um, on, on the own healing journey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, thank you for, you know, for sharing all these personal insights with us. Mm. I appreciate that so much. And I'm sure the mm. listeners do as well. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I think what we just talked about leads us perfectly perfectly into the third subtopic or misconception, which has to do with the, you know, we've, we've read all these self-help books, we've listened to all the podcasts, but somehow it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, indeed um, the case that this does not work a lot of times because um, <laughs> I actually see that quite a lot with my clients, unfortunately. We have access to so much knowledge those days. Might that be um, through books, through podcasts, through Instagram, so on, so on. And um, it's, it's almost an overwhelm of, of information. And as a collective and as individuals, what we used to do is dealing with um, whatever life throws us at, at us with our um, rational mind, with our thinking mind. So we think, okay, I read this book. Mm -hmm. I think I understand myself. I see the pattern. I understand like from childhood um, why I do it this and that way. And so now I need to be healed because I, I understand why, right? And then you see um, this happens actually a lot with coaching also like um, or um, not, not properly held um, talking therapy, like that we consciously understand everything, but we, we cannot like, we, it just nothing changes. And people feel so overwhelmed with the amount of information that they're having, the amount of tools that they're having, things that they're supposed to do, journaling and, and practicing gratefulness and this and that. And that all, like all, um, all is held in the, in the conscious mind. So, but what self-help books usually don't teach you is to actually go into, into, um, your feeling mind. So go into 
what emotions are actually lying underneath it, even if it's written down there, but we're trying to access this intellectually, so with our thinking mm -hmm. mind. And <clears throat> this is why so many people can read, um, even I have clients that read, that they know more um, practical, not, not practical, theoretical knowledge than me because they read so many psychological books Uh, but they still nothing changes. And the issue is that they didn't access uh, these emotions that are trapped and stuck in the body. Um, and no book can, can really help you to do that. This is, this is a proper disconnect that our society experiences at the moment that, that we really don't have any connect to our emotions and, and, and feelings. The only connect that we have, and I wouldn't even call that connect, is that when we're triggered and um, reacting impulsively, then an emotion comes out, maybe like rage, maybe like um, sadness in forms of tears. Um, but we cannot detect that emotion. This is more an outburst. And mm. so what is really, really important to understand is that, that our very anxious and very um, thinking-driven society Um, has really problems with helping themselves through these books and everything. You, mm. I can only recommend everyone um, to have a, a guide, a person, whatever it is, that helps you to reconnect with your emotions and feelings because these trapped emotions and feelings from the childhood or from, from recent events are the, um, the pain points that are the things that are causing the, the issues today. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely um, put your contact in the show notes too. So if anyone, you know, just letting you know at this point resonates with what you are saying and thinks, oh yeah, actually there might be something I want to, mm talk about or work on and also have a deeper look into then um yeah definitely connect mm -hmm. with marie um thank you <laughs> and just um touching on the on the fourth is it a misconception i'm just looking at my notes here it's um it it has to do with our with our connection and 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 the reconnection and the self-empowerment mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. you you said it so 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 nicely in our in our pre-chat yeah how to find the right tools yeah so <laughs> that is also one thing with the <clears throat> overwhelm on information and modalities and tips and tricks and whatever um, is good for our uh, mental health there's so many uh, teachers and gurus out there that um, teach this um, form or this tool and that tool and there's always a very strong generalization um, coming with it. So like meditation is good for everyone and it's helping everyone and yoga is good for everyone. And, um, and this form of therapy is good for everyone. And I don't believe in this at all. So of course, to, um, to know what is good for you, you have to go down that path and start to reconnect with yourself. Um, but as a therapist, I think it's my, it's my um, obligation, my job, um, my task to lead the people back to the to self so that they can actually detect and find the tools that help them 
and that they can use in their daily life and um, that they're helpful for them themselves. Um, so that in the end, they actually don't need a therapist anymore on a regular basis, but that they're, um, yeah, that they're in, in their daily life, very, very stable. And if there's like a insecurity or something happening, they know what are the tools who help themselves as an individual. And that doesn't have to be whatever guru is teaching and or whatever helped me the most, you know. Um, that is different for every individual. And I really, I really wish for this whole mental health world that, that this is to be understood that, um, or that this gets understood actually, that, that every person is in an individual and every person has different, yeah, a different personality and, and, and so different, different tools help them. Mm. And the only the only thing that we as therapists, guides, mentors, coaches, whatever, need to make sure is that we empower people. We empower people so that they can reconnect with themselves and find out um, what's helping them best. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for saying it like this. <laughs> That's that's really so powerful when when you get it. Like just maybe you listening you guys just go over it again and and let it sink deeper mm. into yourself because this is what it comes back to i feel you know reconnecting with ourselves and and self em self empowering ourselves yeah <laughs> so so we know what's good for us we know what we have to do and not because someone tells us that this or that method is good or Yeah, one hundred percent. And and I don't want to um, <laughs> put down any of our our great teachers, of course. But but this is what what they experience, and this is what helped them, and maybe many more. But it can be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. This is very 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 um, important. Yeah, like stepping back into your own power, and knowing what's helping you best. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um just very briefly because yeah. i think we haven't really um well we touched on the work you're doing the hypnotherapy but mm -hmm. just for the people listening very quickly hypnotherapy what is it what can they <laughs> expect <laughs> so it's basically they expect anything <laughs> It's basically a mix of psychotherapy um, mixed with hypnosis. Um, just to put it out clear, hypnosis is not something that we see in the TV, like stage hypnosis and I send you down um, whatever a cliff. Hypnosis is a very natural state. That's the same state that we are in when we're daydreaming. And that's why everybody can access that state. It's super, super natural and the person is under full control. But hypnosis allows us to access the subconscious mind, which is our storehouse of all the memories, of all the inner beliefs and patterns and so on, like all the memories that we consciously don't have access to. And so um, hypnosis actually allows us to, to um, easily access and go back to the root cause of the issue that we're um, experiencing in today life. And when we're in the root cause, um, we're basically doing doing psychotherapy. So we're doing motion release, we're doing inner child work, we're doing shadow work, we're doing um, 
Gestalttherapie, mhm. Parttherapie, whatever um, approaches we know from, from the normal psychotherapy. And we do that because um, when we make that, that former version of ourselves, so let's say it's a six-year-old um, Marie, um, if, we, if we help her in that situation in the six-year-old and if we release all the emotions that are trapped there, um, the six-year-old Marie gets integrated into the today Marie and, and that makes me today automatically more happy and healthy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I will, um, just because you brought that up, the inner child work, I have two episodes dealing a little bit more with inner child work. So just for the listeners, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes too. Mm. But yeah, um, I don't want to... Um, take the take the focus of you and your work so yeah thank you for that i think it, it helps to to understand what you're doing and um and um yeah so just people yeah. people know thank you yeah thank you very much that was i loved it honestly i think it was a very cool and deep conversation <laughs> <laughs> me too and yeah, I really, I really just hope that so many people get inspired by it to actually, um, yeah, set out on that healing journey, but also to really set out on that journey to reconnect with themselves and and to find the um, that one decision within themselves to um, for their own good. So to leave the job, to leave the relationship, the family, to go on and whatever whatever your soul is desiring to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for these beautiful closing words. I don't want to add anything. Okay. <laughs> Except for thank you so much for being here today for, uh, you know, inspiring people to yeah. live their freedom and become empowered. See, now I'm saying things anyways, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again for your time I do appreciate that so much thank you for having me Kat I really hope that you enjoyed this episode that it inspired you to listen to your own inner calling your, your own truth your nature and if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with friends or with people you know um, who would be inspired by this episode, who might be in a transition phase in their own lives and maybe not knowing what to do or just needing that that final kick to make a to make the right decision for them. Then please share it with them, send it over on email or WhatsApp or share it on your social media. I'm very very grateful for that as well tag Marie, tag me, and um, if you feel called, also leave me a re review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you so much and hear you next time. <laughs> <laughs>